Start a new transition in life, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing, or creating a brand new life. Be with us in Panta Kalhor Transition Channel. Episode 50, PTSD Self-Healing Show, Fight and Fly to Release Mode with Cheryl Martin, Resiliency Coach and Post-Traumatic Growth Expert. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. Mothers are protectors. They do whatever for their kids to make them safe and secure. Especially when they are in abuse relationship, it's better to leave that relationship and find their way. Here I have Cheryl. She's a resiliency coach and post-traumatic growth expert. And she has a very interesting story to tell you. Welcome to our show, Cheryl. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm glad to be here too. Yes, we finally made it. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Yes. I think we're all having challenges with internet lately. I mean, we're all at home. So tell me about yourself. What is your story and what do you do right now? So my, my story and um, the work that I do right now are, are very much entwined. Um, I am a resiliency coach. I work with um, mainly uh, women who have either left abusive relationships or have experienced trauma in their lives. Um, I think we've all experienced trauma at some level, um, but I work with those people who it, it, it kind of stays with them and they haven't been able to process it. Um, and they're still having some effects of that trauma showing up in their life, whether it's triggers, whether it's other symptoms of um, post-traumatic stress, uh, or, or whether it's just not being able to really create the life that they want. Um, how that came out for me was I was one of those women who was in an abusive relationship. I, um, I, was, I, I had a lot of challenges just to live my life and to be myself. And so I found this work and the coaching work that I do as a client. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was your story? What happened to you? Um, well, I was in a relationship. I was married um, and I, I, I got married. Um, I wouldn't say I got married young, but I was in the relationship since I was young. And over time, um, we... The, the relationship developed to be abusive and and what that looks like is um, is not always clear to people that they're that they're in an abusive relationship it it was in a, a relationship where I was not really allowed to be myself uh, wasn't able to speak my mind or have opinions that were different from his and it that slowly escalated to you know restrictions on you know um, you know finances where I could go the people I could talk to and just lots of criticism eventually it got physical. And in uh, 2009, I, my daughter, my daughter was now almost three and an incident happened where um, it got physical. Um, not the first time, but um, this time what was different was he brought my daughter into the, the confrontation and involved her by talking to her and saying mean things about her mom. And, and so 
in that moment, I realized that as much as I thought that I could continue putting up with what was happening, um, because I believed it was right for my daughter to have both of her parents together and all of those things that mothers often believe, I realized that the abuse that was happening to me and the manipulation and control and coercion wasn't going to stop with me. And I think that's something that other mothers or other women in those situations can relate to, um, especially when our self-esteem and our, our, our worthiness becomes smaller and, and diminished by the actions of that person. Um, I don't think there's a mother out there who hasn't, who doesn't want the best for their kids and isn't doing the best that she can. And in that moment, the best that I could do was to make a decision to leave and give her the chance to, you know, grow up without that in her life. You are so brave. You know, there are lots of people, lots of women in this world. Mm -hmm. They put up with these relationships because of their kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they don't have any other choice to just go free and uh, get divorced. Not in all cultures, it's accepted. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, kids always need a very safe place to live. So I think when the relationship is abusive and you see it, that it's more challenging for the kids staying in that, under that roof rather than mm -hmm. just go and live with you free. So you just rather to save this situation and, you know, go mm -hmm. and live somewhere else. You've been so brave. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of complications and I recognize that um, there are differences in cultures. Um, there were challenges for me in the community that I was in and, and being a Catholic, um, I did experience some of the negative responses from the community, from the church, um, you know, from different people in my life. But I think like my safety and my daughter's safety was most important. And I recognize that there are challenges, especially when it comes to culture. Yes. And I do want people to know that there are resources out there other than what I do with social agencies to help specifically even for some of the cultures. So I hope that um, if you're experiencing something like this, that you realize that there is help out there and um, people who understand the challenges that you're going through. Where are you living now? I'm in Vaughan, so north right. of Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very yeah. close to me. <laughs> close to you. Oh. Yeah. Where do you live? I'm in Richmond Hill. Richmond. Oh, you're we're really close. Yeah, well, when this yeah. is over, we can go have a, a hot drink. Yeah, yeah. Or Hopefully cold drink. This, this COVID actually stopped everything. But it might be crazy. a cold drink by the time we, we, yeah. we get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, Cheryl, tell me. Uh, about the triggers when you confront how you confront them mm -hmm. and um, the fears that you had from those abusive relationships how what what do you do still do you still have those triggers or it's over? not not really not so much um I think what we can say for PTSD is um there's always a response in your body, right? Mm -hmm. It stays with you. And, and it ha I don't know how much you know about um, Pavlov's dog. Have you ever heard of that experiment? Pavlov's dog. No, no. So Pavlov was a researcher and 
he trained um, his dogs to respond when they heard a bell. And what he did was he'd always ring a bell before he fed the dogs, right? And so as he continued doing this experiment, he learned that if he rang the bell, the dogs would start salivating like they were expecting food, even if there was no food around. So triggers are like that, right? Yes. Um, a trigger is, works the same way. It's unconscious, right? Nobody decides that they want, you know, if they hear a door slam, nobody decides that they want, you know, all the hairs on the back of their neck to stand up and for them to get all tense and your muscles all contracted, like you have to respond to it. Um, it's an unconscious response and it's even deeper. It's body level responses. Um, so for me, I did a lot of work when I got out of my relationship. I spent the first couple of years doing what traditional therapies. I went to counseling. I did talk therapies. I saw, um, I went to the group, um, group, group, uh, sessions for other went for all the women who've been abused. So I, I formed some good relationships there. Um, and then I started doing, um, coaching. So I met someone who worked with me on the unconscious programs. So the belief systems and the behaviors that, um, we're affected by, through our experiences. So some of them can be great and, and they're awesome and we want to keep those. But if you can imagine being in an abusive relationship, um, they slowly chip away at your self-worth and your belief, your ability to speak up. And so I developed this, these, these things like, you know, nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. I wasn't important. So I worked with a coach on all of those. And after doing that, I decided I wanted to be a coach. I'm going to fast forward because that's not the end of the story. <laughs> so I spent, so I've been coaching now for, I think it's, well, I've, it's been 11 years since I left the relationship. Um, and I've been coaching for five, but about two years ago, two years, maybe it's three. Um, I started having panic attacks for no reason. Oh. Right. Um, and I couldn't figure out what the trigger was because I'd done so much work on those belief systems and everything that um, nothing was coming up and it, but it was just strictly a body response. Like, um, I, I, I don't know how many people here have those, those responses, but like I said before, like shivers up the back of your neck, like really rapidly beating heart, can't breathe, feeling like you're being chased, all of those kind of panic attack things. And we couldn't figure out what the problem was. Um, I actually ended up on a leave from work, a medical leave because of it. Um, because I don't know how much you, you know about how that stuff responds, but the trauma response in our body shuts down our, our thinking brain. So if you can think of fight or flight, when, you know, imagine a, a bear is chasing you, um, you don't want your rational mind to be asking you say, Hey, is that tree tall enough for me to escape? Or, you know, should I hide under, like, you don't want to like, think about those things. So when we're in a survival mode, our thinking brain shuts down. And if you can imagine having panic attacks and going back into that experience, I wasn't able to do work. Like my thinking processes were down. So in that time period when I was off work, I really started exploring to find out why is this happening? And I came across um, body work. So somatic experiencing, um, just other body techniques where we can tap into that survival response and turn it down um, and find out where the, what is feeding that system to keep going. So that's 
I lo- so of course I learned that all for myself. I worked with other practitioners and professionals and I've now taken that last piece into the work that I do with other women so that they can turn off those responses because it's those responses that stop us from moving into the place where we can start healing. If you can imagine, it's really impossible to, to live your life if you don't feel safe. It's impossible yes. to move forward when you don't feel safe. Yes, safety. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you, you know, I had uh, the same experience. Yeah. Real experience of somebody killing me with a knife point. I exactly <laughs> understand what happened. Like when you see the knife point on somebody's hand and mm-hmm. the, somebody threaten you to death, to steal mm-hmm. your car, then this memory all the time trigger yeah. and remind you that it's going to happen to you again. And the interesting thing is whatever I did, I try a lot of self-helping and a lot of work on myself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I always have nightmare that somebody is going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And the interesting point, even if I immigrated to another country to start a new life, again, I always just look back to see if somebody following me. And yeah. then in a very safe city, some people followed me and grabbed my, <laughs> grabbed my suit and wallet and suitcase, everything I had. And then uh, they slap on my face, you know. And I was like, why this happened to me? <clears throat> because I had these memories with me all the time. All the time I thought that somebody's following me, somebody's going to kill me. So mm-hmm. as you see, if you don't process this trauma, if you hide it in yourself, that's going to happen and happen. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's, yes. it's damaging to realize that that's what happened. That's how, how, I mean, if we talk about abusive relationships, that's how people end up in another one. Because, exactly. Because that's, that that's the point. programming is still there. I like that. You know, I've seen, I've in, I interviewed a lot of women mm-hmm. and I see some of them repeated the same pattern all the time because they sometimes you end the relationship hopefully to have a new relationship but you didn't work in yourself you didn't work on your process and you didn't process the trauma you already been there so that's why this trauma again expect because you expect it again repeat you know yeah so that's why people ended up divorcing few times. <laughs> because yeah, it, happened. it can happen that way too. <laughs> exactly. Maybe so in some, uh, in some uh, examples, maybe it was better to work on a relationship, especially when you have kids. But when you stay in that relationship and you stay there for 15 years, right? Yeah. yeah. 15 years it's too much like it was too much I'll tell you, you. Try, you try to fix it but sometimes this is not fixable and you damage yeah. yourself and you damage your kids it's better you just get off that get out of that relationship mm-hmm. and start a new thing yes. yeah <laughs> yeah and i think a lot of the times it does come down to your beliefs about your own worth right um 
So I, I, I think I found in, in working with other women and, and just even the, the women that I talk to that a lot of the time they leave because of their kids. A lot of times they stay for a while and then they realize things aren't changing and that their kids are, you know, now the kids are recognizing what's going on. And, and the truth is when you're in one of those relationships where there's a lot of conflict, you can't hide the conflict from the kids. They might not see you arguing. They might not hear the abuse, um, but there's an energetic connection. There's an energetic, like you energetically, they can feel it. But also if you think about how we release hormones, right? If you're in fight or flight because you're constantly um, feeling like your life is at risk or maybe not your life, but like that you could get hurt, you could get punished, you're walking on eggshells, um, you're emitting hormones, out in into your environment so you're running really high cortisol and really high adrenaline and other people around you will pick up on it Uh, on a body sense right they're not going to recognize hey that person's got really high adrenaline and cortisol but they will recognize it on a chemical level and if we think of how influential we are to our children we are teaching them at an unconscious level, how to respond to the situation that they're in. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's really important to recognize that, um, that you're, that staying has its impact too. And, and I know, I totally know as a single mom, I'm still single. I'm not going to say always have been single, but I'm single right now. The challenges of leaving an abusive relationship and being a single mom and maybe not having the financial support and all of those things. I get it. There's a just, it's a different challenge. You might have court that you're dealing with. Um, Sometimes we have mental health or wellness issues that have come out of being in that relationship. I, it's totally valid. I validate all of those. I have experienced some of them myself and still have some of those challenges. It's a different kind of stress than, expecting your life to end exactly yeah you know kids are very intelligent even if they are are small i know because uh, whenever uh, i see in different relationship uh, parents are fighting together Mm -hmm. kids are crying because they feel that they're losing Mm -hmm. their safety they're they're not secure so if this pattern just repeat and repeat kids feel very unsafe in this relationship yeah yes there's a lot of studies too on the impact of that kind of relationship on a child as they grow up and even if they're not exposed to the behaviors of abuse they are still more prone to being in one of those relationships themselves as they grow up um, they're more prone to different mental health issues. They're more exactly. prone to struggle school, all of those things because their body, like I said, their body has now been, I, I don't like the word programmed, but it's, that's normal to them. Their body has been exposed to it for so long and it, it applies for other things too, like war zones. And um, if we want to talk about, um, we start, I don't, I don't, we're not going to d- dip into that, but like different um, cultures and different racial experiences, colonialism, all of that, your body becomes programmed with, um, with stress and trauma. Yes. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's difficult for us to think about those things when you're in the moment. Um, but it's also something to be aware of if that helps you to make a decision and to know that there's help out there for those things. Yes. 
yeah. especially when you live in Toronto or in Canada. And you, you there have, is a lot more help. Lots of help and support. Mm -hmm. So, Sherry, tell me about your work with your clients. How do you start working with your clients? Do you have a specific program, a specific method to work on? I do have... Um... A general program, but of course, every single one of the people that I work with comes in with different experiences and different um, triggers. And some of them have been doing a lot of work on their own and they need help with specifically around triggers. And some of them come in and, and they've, this is new to them, the world of unconscious work. Um, so the world of unconscious work starts with always when we're dealing with this kind of, um, well, any kind of change is, is creating a safe space. It's really important when we're dealing with change because change is scary, yes. <laughs> right? When you do something new, there's always a little bit of fear and excitement mixed in and, you know, sometimes more fear and sometimes more excitement, but change is scary. So creating a safe space is really important. And when we're really, when I'm looking at trauma, um, relating my story to them and letting them know that I am somebody who's trauma experienced there's, it's one thing to have all that trauma-informed training and to know how to handle it. It's another thing to sit down with a, with a, a client and say, um, this is my story. Um, I know what's happening in your body. Like I recognize it um, and I know how to work with it. And I think it makes a little bit of a difference there. So creating that safe space, um, usually if, you know, the, the next steps we do is we go through helping your nervous system, teaching you how to get your nervous system um, to reset itself. And, and because it's been running in fight or flight for so long, because you have been activated and constantly, you know, like you said, looking over your shoulder and expecting things to happen, even if it doesn't make any sense. Um, I work with you to reset your nervous system and train it to feel more calm, right? So that when the triggers come up, because when we have one of those triggers, like, like I said before, it's a body response. You don't even have that little tiny second in between to say, is this reasonable? Like, does it make sense that someone is going to come after me, right? Um, for example, right now I'm, I'm living in a place where my upstairs neighbors are really noisy. Um, they've got a toddler who likes to run around and jump. And, and so there are sometimes like sudden noises from him jumping. So I've been able to work with myself and my daughter to help us get that little space between hearing the noise and having a body reaction, right? And so when I can ask, like, I can ask myself, it sounds kind of weird, but like, you know, am I at risk? You know, is there a danger to me? Am I safe? If you get that little space, then your body will, you can turn the reaction off. Yes, the the hairs on the back of the neck, the, the weird pit of the feeling sensation does start, but I can turn it off now because I know, no, it's just, it's the kid having fun upstairs, right? <laughs> There's no danger. No. <laughs> so that's kind of the idea, right? Yes. Um, to get you. And once we get to that place where, and it doesn't take too long, like we work on sessions, it's something you're going to work on for the rest of your life. Um, turning off those triggers and recognizing when they're there. Um, then we can start changing, um, working on, you know, what are the experiences you went through and what did it, what did it tell you about yourself? Um, the work that I do is not talk therapy. I don't ask you to repeat your whole story. I just need to know like a little tidbit, what you shared with me today is enough um, for us to, to work together, for me to know, okay, she's, so she's dealing with definitely some trauma. Um, 
And then we, we start looking at the unconscious. We look at the, the beliefs and the behaviors that happened inside of you because of your experience. Um, Cause the experience is never going to be erased. It's always going to be part of your life as you move forward. It, it, it can become part of your story. That's, you know, a strengthening part of your story, a part where you grew out of. So we work with the behaviors and the beliefs that were all wrong, right? They're all wrong. We know how resilient and strong all of us are. You survived. Um, you're sitting here telling people your story. Um, that in itself is resilient. So that's where I, I work with. And I work with the unconscious mind to do that. And there's some really cool, weird stuff that we do. Um, if you think about hypnosis, that's one of the things that I do. And then oh, um, energetic level work. Um, yes. NLP, if you guys have heard of NLP yes. or neuro-linguistic programming, yes. which really just means changing the way that you think about yourself and the, and the way that you think about the world. Yes, yeah. I like that. Actually, uh, you mentioned about survivor mode and you mm -hmm. said in survival mode, you cannot think no. until you feel safe. This is a very deep thought because I, I can't touch it. Mm -hmm. It's in survival mode. The only thing uh, you really obsess about is with surviving, eating, or um, handling your situation just to get you alive, just mm -hmm. stay alive. And by the time you are just thinking about this, you cannot think of other stuff. Your mind is black. Yeah. And then you go to safe mode and that safe mode you start thinking about your shelter how can you protect yourself and then you go to other levels like maslow hierarchy that yeah exactly so <clears throat> the good thing now uh, about uh, or talk is that if in survival mode you pause a little bit mm -hmm. and then give some uh, time to yourself to think, then you go to higher level, which is safety. Yeah. That's, that's a very interesting point because at that point, then you think, okay, nothing is happening. I'm okay. I'm here. Look at, look around. There is nothing following me. That's what I did with myself. Like after, after that, I, the second accident, some people mm -hmm. robbed my stuff. And then I said, okay, why this happened? After all changes I made in my life, why this happened again? And then I try to reframe my brain. Mm -hmm. I try to just thinking I'm living in a safe place. Um, I'm enjoying my life. There is nothing to worry about. And, you know, after sometimes journaling and analyzing my thoughts, finally, I didn't have any nightmares. Mm -hmm. So finally, I could, even those uh, accidents that somebody is killing me, even I didn't have those accidents in my mind. It didn't repeat. So, mm -hmm. And it uh, got very small and far, like what you do in NLP. Mm -hmm. I, when I was a child, I used to read NLP. Did the you? Books, all the time. It's, it's a very, very old. It totally uh, science. is. Yeah, but yeah. it really affects my life. Anthony Robbins and yeah, Joseph Morphy and these are the founders yep. of NLP. And it's not that like 
is not only that, you have to customize your needs. There are lots of techniques out there. Absolutely. Uh, but everybody's is different because I talk to my clients about the PTSD and I mm -hmm. see uh, not all of them like uh, doing some art. No. <laughs> they are not artistic, you know. They prefer to have other distractions. Yeah. You know, maybe have some fun. Uh, they are they love to be more socialized, you know, or do some cooking, you know. People are different. And mm -hmm. so your method for one person is not gonna happen, is not gonna be effective for another one. So you have to be creative enough to customize this method with them. Yeah, totally, totally. And the cool part is um, the creative mind. Um, when you're in a creative mode, you know that you're not in fight or flight, that you're not in survival mode if you're being creative. And so when I'm working with a client, and, and I do this myself too, of course, like, like I said, I, 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 I'm trauma experienced. I've, I've been doing this for 11 years since I got free. The creative mind is the part of you that comes back online when you're not in fight or flight. It's more than just the rational mind. The creative mind is, is the connection between like your brains and your body and your soul. So I do soul work too. Um, I, 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 I really truly believe that when you're being creative, you're fully aligned and connected with all three parts of who you are, I your, like your, it. your yes. body, your, your unconscious mind or your heart and your soul. Right. Um, so creativity doesn't have to be drawing. It can be dancing. No, it, it can, can be, be anything. Yes. It can be uh, produces something like my own method was creating a book. So I produce mm -hmm. a book and uh, the method helped me to distract from my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I think journaling, whatever distract you from your trauma and just, mm -hmm. uh, you can have your hundred focus on this with your all senses help you. Mm -hmm. And I talked with one of, uh, one of the ad addiction uh, Maria mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. And she said, uh, people uh, are addicted because they need distraction. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. they, they need to be numb. And yes. they don't want to see the world around them. That's yeah. you can create with your life, with art, with journaling. There are some other ways than just going to uh, having some drinks or get numbed with uh, going high, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you, uh, if you discover these things in you and try to be more creative and have the inspiration to do this, you know, because mm -hmm. you had a baby, you had a child, and you know you, that you need to protect her with whatever happens to you. So that was a big inspiration. Yeah. So you know that you had to work on yourself, uh, and then you can pro protect your kid as well. Yeah. That happened to other uh, interviewees that I talk. Uh, they lost their baby but because they had other babies, they knew that they have to survive and they knew mm -hmm. that they have to protect their kids. So that big inspiration lead them to have their own space 
be safe, feel safe, and then uh, not only protect themselves and love themselves, love their babies and create a new life for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and that's okay if that's the motivating part that gets you to, to make some changes. It's okay. Because all of those, those beliefs that we have about ourselves and, you know, when you're in one of those relationships, you're, you're being told, um, you know, that you're not worth it. You're being told, you know, that you can't do anything right. That stuff goes down into your unconscious. So your unconscious is what, what rules the way you believe, right? Yes. Um, so I find that it's okay if you start out to help someone else, to do this, to protect someone else, because ultimately yes. you are protecting yourself, right? Yes. And then interesting thing, coaching some, some people, help you to coach yourself because totally. through, through helping them, you discover other ways. And yep. when you get the positive energy from them, you get inspired as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny because I say that all the time. Um, people ask, you know, why do you coach? Like, how do you coach through people through this experience when you've lived it? Like, does it not trigger you? And of course it does. And sometimes, of course, you, I hear someone say something that, is too close to what I've experienced. Um, of course I work with a coach outside. Like I, I also still do my own work, um, journaling and, and working with other people and, and all of that. Um, but I always say like every time a client comes in, I heal in some way from whatever their experience is. There's always a, a connection, big, small, um, something I realize, something I don't realize that allows me to keep growing and healing as well. And I say, you know, Every time I work with someone, I get paid twice. I get paid money, like all of us do, um, but I get paid in my heart, right? Because I know that I'm not leaving anyone behind, that I'm doing my best to make sure that like women and, and their kids are not continuing to go through that experience, that there's someone to help them. Because I'll tell you, um, when I got out of that relationship and like, I really thought that I was going to have to live the rest of my life, like my heart racing every time I got a text message from him. Right. And, and with, when you have a kid with the person who was abusing you, like it, your relationship continues in some other form. Oh so, yeah. It's not going to be. Yeah. So, it's not gonna yeah. Be so I, I mean, I couldn't not have any contact with him. Um, so I thought I was going to have to live the rest of my life. Like feeling like that. Every time I got a text message or a phone call, it was like, it set off alarms all over my body. It was ridiculous. It's not only him, his family. Oh yeah, his family too, right? That's the point. It's, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't just extend to the one person. So I thought that I was gonna have to live with that. And I, I just want people to know that you don't have to stay like that for the rest of your life. So if it's been five years and you're still experiencing that, you know, if it's been, you know, two and you're still experiencing that, there's help out there. And, and you just need to find someone who has different tools than what you've already tried. Like lots that. of stuff that will help. There's tons of yeah. resources and people out there that can, that can help you kind of reclaim more of who you are, right? Get back to yes. being, like to feeling safe in your body. It's really important that you feel safe in your body. Yes, yeah. safety. Um, all right. Do you have your last word, uh, like 
the recommendation for people who are struggling with PTSD? Is this curable or manageable? I think it's totally manageable. Um, and I think we all realize that because there are lots, like if you look at the stats and, and who has PTSD or, or complex PTSD, because that's a little bit different. Yes. Um, I think like managing is, is totally possible. Um, curing it. I don't, I don't know if I want to say the word cure. If you can live the rest of your life um, and you can manage it and you are aware of it and you can um, love your life and live an amazing life. I'd say that's the, like, that's, that's amazing. You know? Um, yeah. I, I, I've done so much work and every once in a while I recognize it. And I think it's just, it's just an awareness. Like we have so much more awareness of our own bodies yes. um, in the way that we respond to things and, and what's warnings there are out in the world, right? Like you pick up on everything. Um, in, in some ways it's kind of a blessing to know that you are totally aware of everything that's happening around you and that your body has, is, is paying attention, right? Yes. Your body is paying attention. And I thank my body when it gives me those signals. Um, can we recover? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and know, that's why. Yeah, go ahead. I, I just, we're, we're talking about post-traumatic growth, right? Yes. Um, the trauma that you've been through, the experiencing that you've been through, um, you know, I really hate when people say, oh, everything happens for a reason. Um, I don't know if everything happens for a reason. I, I, I can't really <laughs> speak to that yet, but I know that there's something to learn from everything that, that has happened yes. to you. Yes. There's a, that you can grow from everywhere that you've been through. Um, so if we think, if we focus on, you know, how can I grow through this and how can I grow from this? And once I've grown from this, can I help other people? You know, and, and it's not for all of us to be the helpers and do what I do. No. Um, but even just to be an example for your kids, right? Yes. Um, we're such role models for our kids. And, and you know, um, when I left, my daughter was almost three. She's 14 now. Um, I don't think she'd be the kid that she is if I'd never left. She is completely resilient. She uses her voice. She speaks up. Um, she's very um, in tuned with justice and speaking up for others. And, and she really is the, the most re resilient kid that I could have hoped for. So, you know, even if I didn't do this work, my legacy and the work that I've done has led her to a place where she can live an amazing life that I know she's not going to end up in one of those relationships. Yes. You and if that's right all we do for our kids. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, Sherry, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed talking to you and thank you so much. Seeing another brave woman that <laughs> fight for her dream. Mm -hmm. I'm saying because I probably you had this dream in your mind that uh, you you're gonna be safer and yeah. uh, have a happier life. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really proud of you and thank you for being a model for others to just have the voice for uh, what they believe in. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we found each other and I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing everything else that you're doing. I think it's amazing you, the way that you, you. Um, 
show up for the world in the way that you do. We, we each do it in our own different ways. And you are just offering this platform for other people to learn from, to grow from, and to recognize amazing people who have fought through challenges in their life and exactly. are doing their best. So yes. thank you for asking thank me to so be much. one of those people. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition channel and pre-order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching.